Welcome to the Blur and Blend Marketing Podcast. Hear how marketing professionals worldwide are navigating in the blur of today's challenging consumer marketplace as they blend new age strategies and partnerships that create marketing success. Here's your host for the B&B, marketing professional and global educator, Trish Rubin. Hi, everybody. Thank you for being with us today in my small New York apartment where big things happen. Uh, one big thing is the elevator is being repaired. So if you hear an occasional drilling or banging, we're just going to push through that with uh, all the good content we have for you today. So thank you for coming to Blur and Blend Marketing. And this is my launch of the the next level. And I couldn't think of anybody better to help me share the next level um, of a, a new beginning with some great content than my colleague, Emily Schutte. Emily uh, came to me through a great uh, referral. This is the best way you get people to give you the, the people they trust. And Emily, I have uh, learned is living her truth. She's an experienced, uh, very efficient writer. She partners with individuals and uh, business owners like me and marketing teams. And her goal is to elevate the brand stories that they want to tell and publish great uh, written content for them. And she does that for me. She also spoke to my class at Baruch College and um, she changed their lives. <laughs> she made them <laughs> excited about uh going in the direction of, of content development. So, uh, Emily, thank you to my little New York apartment, hopefully small noise, and we'll make some big noise together. Well, thank you so much. I'm really excited to be here and chat with you today, Trish. Well, I'm going to get right into it. I'm using a new format, and I've asked Emily to help me to launch this format. And originally, I was thinking about changing um, my title of my podcast, I was thinking about going with um, Educated Brand. And then I decided maybe that's not what I wanted to do. <laughs> and I, I decided to stick with Blur and Blend Marketing. And I think it's a good title for a tough time. And I think most of us are feeling that kind of uh, feeling of being in something new, a blur perhaps. Marketers are feeling like that all the time. My students who I uh, teach, I, <laughs> I tell them, you know, everybody's a new marketer. So we are all in a blur. And the idea of blending uh, the old with the new, blending partnerships and blending ideas uh, to come out of this in a new way is interesting to me. So uh, I'm going to keep that. And the format is going to be interesting. Three questions for each guest. One having to do with the journey that they're on using a framework that I got from a, a good friend who's a futurist, Gary Golden. We're going to look at the hindsight, the insight, and the foresight of marketing for them. I'm going to use it as a journey. So the rear view mirror, what's happening behind the wheel now, and as you look ahead. So I'm going to uh, use those frames. And then I'm going to ask the last question, what is your favorite color? And if you uh, know Monty Python, you know the Holy Grail is has a little spot about that, but we won't get distracted with that. Uh, but well, I feel I learn a lot about people from what their favorite color is. So um, I'm going to start with asking Emily a little bit uh, about the story that she brings about the hindsight when she looks in her rearview mirror now as a marketer, uh, what does she see? So give us some of that information. So I'm definitely a strong believer in that every step of our journey 
happens for a reason. And every place that we're put, even if it's not great at the time, it prepares us for the next step. And I definitely have a couple of those in my my journey. I went to school for journalism. That was my undergraduate degree. And of course, like any young journalist, I thought I was going to change the world. And that was my goal. That was my mission. And frankly, I got pretty jaded about journalism while I was in college. I worked for a couple of newspapers. I got some real world experience. And by the end of it, I realized that what it really took to be a journalist didn't really fit me as a person. I didn't necessarily have the the drive and the grit. I'm a more creative, expressive person. And at that time, I didn't really see that in journalism. Um, Not to mention when I graduated, 2009 was a terrible job market, as you remember. Yeah. And I just, there weren't any jobs in journalism anyway. So I I have something good, Emily, to to present to people now, because that was a terrible job market. And we're in even a worse job market. And look at where you've come. So thank you for bringing that up. It was scary, as I can imagine. Graduates uh, graduating into this climate right now—it's—it's it's even probably scarier of what what's out there for them. And so I went into an industry that doesn't really go away, and that's sales. So I started in direct sales. I moved into recruiting eventually, and it was while I was working at a college in the admissions department that I first got introduced to social media for a business. Obviously, we are all on social media. We knew what it was like. I joined when I started college. But actually working on that school's Facebook page is what sparked my interest in marketing. And it took me about a year to pivot into an actual marketing job. I job searched and job searched and job searched while I was still working at that college. Because it was hard to convince an employer that I could be a marketer when my resume didn't look like it. Good point. I love that. I love that. (laughs) We have a lot of people who are interested in pivoting and hearing uh, how you did it. Just believe in yourself and do it is is great. So what happened out of that point? Yeah. So I just used what I had in my college as well as my career resume and just, you know, had to convince, use that sales skill that I could be a marketer. Got a marketing job, worked under a great manager who it was an entry-level position. So she really taught me all aspects of marketing from event planning to social media to content um, design. I got exposed to everything, which was really the perfect place to start. Yeah. So on the sort of on the job learning, which didn't require that you had a background in, in marketing for you to actually be part of the tribe. Yeah, I really think it just had to come down to that passion and obviously having an education and some real world experience helped. But at the end of the day, finding that opportunity to train you is is crucial. Yeah. And so out of that hindsight of that time, which is really important, as you say, for now, um, you develop this understanding of, of your passion being communication, being exchange between people and and being marketing. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what propelled me. I I got an MBA. I took on a corporate marketing job at a large construction company, did everything that everyone said that I was great at and was meant to do. And then I started feeling unfulfilled again, just kind of felt that itch. Like it wasn't quite, it was marketing, but it wasn't quite the marketing I wanted to do. And so that's what birthed Emily Wright's, my business. 
uh, started as a freelance side hustle. And uh, for about 14 months now, I've been full time working for myself. Great. So you've just given us that little, we're going like the road marker. We've gone from the start of the journey and now we're at a mile marker where you've shown us that ability that uh, you have to be uh, resilient, flexible, uh, humble, uh, be a student, you know, and, and actually to the power of having uh, somebody mentor you. And I think I see that in you as you're passing that. Forward, so let's move on to in the journey. You're behind the wheel, and it's Emily Wrights. And what is it looking like uh, out the out the windshield right now for you as Emily Wrights? Yeah, late time. <laughs> so I'm going to steal a phrase from you, actually, Trish. You talk about human to human, yeah, um, making human to human connections. And as I look at the clients I serve and the projects I'm working on. It really has to come down to being real and being genuine online. And when I'm writing, whether it's a social media post or a blog or an email newsletter, I'm embodying the the voice of who I'm writing for. But I'm also talking. Mm-hmm. As I do that well. I know from experience. <laughs> well, thank you. And it, you know, it, it's it's taking that that human voice though, and, and communicating to other people because people are savvy. Like you're not going to get away with clickbait anymore. They can spot a phony a mile away. And I really think the pandemic has, has made that even more real. Like I've seen that shift on LinkedIn in the last six months where LinkedIn has that reputation for being a stuffy job searcher platform. And throughout the pandemic, people got really real and they shared, you know, this is my job loss. This is the struggles of working from home. This is how I'm feeling as a manager, having to let people go. And I don't see that changing. I think that internet and social media are going to continue to be very authentic. I love that insight. I really do. And that, and that's why I'm glad you bring that up. And there are people out there probably now trying to deal with their own LinkedIn profiles. And I know you have a lot, Emily gives a lot of support for that too. And we'll give her details um, so you can hear how to find some of her work, but that's great insight because the idea of you calling it, yeah, pretty stuffy, uh, just an extension of a resume, but now it has more of a beating heart and more of H2H heart. Can I ask you um, just for a quick tip or story, uh, how'd you get your clients? (laughs) Because I know people are going to be going, well, how do I do this? (laughs) Yes. So I have been so fortunate and so blessed to work with some amazing people that have referred me to others. And so my very first freelance uh, job is with a company called hashtag social school for EDU. And the owner of that, Andrea, referred me to you, Trish. That's how we got introduced. And she's been very kind in helping me expand my network. And from there, I would say it's 90% referrals and some uh, good follow-up on my end. But I never liked the whole cold call aspect of what I had to do before. So I'm not cold calling. I'm not even cold messaging a whole lot. I'm just mm-hmm. trying to make real human connections. Developing your yourself through your content, which is, I see that as really important. Let me ask a question about insight uh, in this way. If you have people who are entrepreneurial and um what what avenue worked best for you? I mean, would you suggest right away like the LinkedIn piece and get get that together before they try to create um, the story of themselves anywhere else? 
So I do like LinkedIn. It's probably my, my favorite platform um, for myself and for many of my clients, um, because I think it is a really good mix of putting out your professional, you know, website-worthy content with that personality. There's obviously something tricky to, let's say they're working someplace and they want to launch a business and do that instead of now are their current managers and colleagues going to see that change on their LinkedIn profile and start to wonder about their commitment to their job. So personally, I didn't make any flips on my LinkedIn until I'd given my notice and actually until I left and had my last day at my job. So if that's something that you're worried about, that's something I guess to watch out for. But it's still okay. And I still made an Emily Writes Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and started posting outside of who I was on LinkedIn under my company brand before I left my corporate job. So there's there's a balance there. Yeah, I think that that's good insight. So uh, if you are in a position where you, you don't want to make the, the leap yet, maybe going outside of that into an audience where you can be yourself and, and promote yourself, uh, that would work for you. If you're uh, looking just at, um, let's say, developing your brand, even just in a company, uh, young people, or maybe you just got another job, uh, LinkedIn for you, what would that look like? So one of the reasons I know that I was successful at my last quote unquote real job is because I really went out of my way to get to know people at every level of the company. It was like many big companies, there's definitely levels and there's layers and there's people who feel like there should be that traditional this person only talks to people at their own level. And I just ignored that. You know, I, I talked to the owner. I, I knew the the CEO. I would go talk to the C-suiters. And because what I was doing as a marketing manager was integrated across all parts of the company. And to me, there's no layers when it comes to the company's image and making sure that we're putting ourselves out there in the right way. So I would say it's be confident and make sure that if you need information from someone who's above you to just if possible, go make that face-to-face connection, get to know people, have those, what, what do they say, the, the, the water cooler conversations. Yeah, these um, water cooler conversations, right. And I'm an introvert. I'm not somebody that can walk into a room and feel comfortable, but I, I forced myself to because that was important for developing relationships and really doing my job effectively. It, may, it meant putting myself out there, talking to people at all levels. Ah, thank you for that. I think that those are good insights for people who are just getting started. And um, Emily knows that the, she came to my class and I'm thinking about one of my students who uh, in her reflection that she wrote for, for my class talked about doing just what you're doing and kind of understanding that when she got out and made connections and people then saw who she was, they began giving her things to do that they didn't want to do her you know, superiors and seeing she was so good at those things. And here she felt that she wasn't enough. And then finding that not only was she enough, she was better at doing some things that even her supervisors were. So I love what you said. And I think it's great um, uh, inspiration for our listeners. So thank you for the, these are our stories that are easy to connect with and deliver on. Um, so, okay, we're moving through the, the journey and, we're looking down the road and it's hard right now to look down the road and uh, have some foresight. 
but for yourself, as you see yourself developing Emily Wrights, uh, can you give some insights about that for other either small business owners or people who are thinking of starting up or students? So I was thinking about this ahead of our conversation because it's a tough question. And really, you think about what lockdown has looked like. It's looked like a lot of isolation and a lot more time online. And I would argue that's a good thing for people who do business online because they were forced to really meet people where they are. I think about the companies that made the adjustment to having employees work from home. I think about retail stores having a better online presence to get their products out into the hands of people. So as we come out of that lockdown, whenever that might be, and we start to return to normal, will people start to reject online? Will they start to really want to be face-to-face with others? I can see that happening to an extent, but what I honestly see happening more is I think this online living, working, playing is going to continue. And I think that now that advancements have been made in technology and company cultures, in how retail stores do business, for example, I think that that's only going to grow. And I think that means that marketers have to step up their game and continue to step up their game and continue to learn and meet people where they are. And I would just throw in as well that internet and online safety has become such an important topic. And we think about things like what's happening with TikTok and online safety, that marketers and online business owners are also challenged to make sure that their consumers feel safe and that we're creating an environment that is is secure. Mm. Yeah, it, it is so hard to to think um, too far ahead. And I love that that the idea of being safe is is now going to be even more important than ever. And for yourself, do you think of something that you want to learn when you look at learning? Like, what do you see yourself spending a little more time making? I love the Seth version when you make a better version of somebody. So to make a better version of Emily, is there one area that you're saying, I'm going to dig in on this and be, and we'll learn about that? Yeah, great question. So for me, I think I've always felt like writing is something I can just do. It's something I'm naturally born with. But now that I'm doing it every day and writing in so many different voices, I've realized it really is a skill. And if someone doesn't consider themselves a great writer now, you can still become a great writer. So for me, I think it's really doubling down my efforts on writing and continuing to outsource the things I may not really love doing or say no to projects that may not really fit into my niche. Um, that's not something I would have done a year ago. I would have said yes to everything because I was a new business owner. So now it's about doubling down on just improving my copywriting skills every day. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. And uh, I know that many of the people who I, I listen to, that's always like one of the, it's like the fear of public speaking too, the fear of doing your own writing and showing it to somebody. And I know a lot of people deal with that. And that's why you're a service to them um, as well. So to hear that you recognize that is, is a um, you know, wonderful testimony to just continual learning and always move, seeing something new and getting excited about it. But uh, that kind of leads me to the, to the final story and uh, is that, you know, you've, as my guest, you've taken us on a really nice journey 
I'll drive with you any day because you're you really can control the wheel. <laughs> and um, so along along this way, I've, you know, I've picked up these feelings and understandings that I know are are part of you that you're uh, resilient and you're flexible and positive and authentic and and um, just very uh, committed to other success. So generous. And so I'm wondering, my last question is, well, Emily, what's your favorite color? And it does link to those particular things that I'm just feeling about you. When you think about that, do you have one or does it change? Mm -hmm. So I did think about this question as well. And I'm going to say my favorite color is millennial pink. Ah. So if you've seen it, it's like that blush, that kind of lighter pink. I think it's just very pretty. And then, you know, feminine kind of feeds into who I am. But there's also that little rebellious part of me that really wants to own the fact that I'm a millennial. I'm an old millennial. I was born <laughs> in 86, so I'll just throw that out there. But millennials are, are amazing. And there's, there's great things and there's frustrating things about our generation. But we're a force to be reckoned with. And I think that I bring that you know, kind of traditional as well as that, that newness and that pushing the envelope to my work as well uh, when I work and write for my clients. Yeah, I love it. I love that feeling of yeah, owning your generation. And it is kind of interesting because that generation, if I go back maybe three to three years ago, let's say, it was just on fire with everyone was talking about millennials and everyone had an opinion of them. And yes, uh, uh, this, you know, idea of women who, you know, want their femininity, but yet they want their power. And just as a group, you know, they want to be there. And then here come Gen Z's and they just really moved right into conversation and marketing and the conversation in politics or in the streets or marching. So it's just, I, I love what you say. We're we're the force to be reckoned with. So it, it does um, reflect. And don't take a, don't take me for granted. I might look like this, like a feminine or soft or comfortable, but you know, test me. Yep. <laughs> I love it. It, it fits beautifully. Oh, it's great. I'm excited, and um, I'm going to look for a more evidence of that and. I think about the graphics that I see, um, Emily, and and she does beautiful work visually. And I'm going to check and see where that millennial pink shows up. I like that too. <laughs> I think that's a great color. You might have to use it a little more now just to prove it. Yeah, yeah, show it because it really. Now that you, like when you said that, I'm like, yep, got to do that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, if you look over my shoulder, you see like red is my color, and that, it's funny like. You know, uh, we're we're also recording um, the visual, and uh, yeah, it's funny how you just go. Wait, yeah, it's all around me. So you may find that that's all around you too. I'm sure. Mm -hmm. So Emily, uh, well, how well, how best can people get in touch with you? I can put it in the show notes, but tell us a little bit about uh, sure. where you hang out and, and how we get in touch with you. So I would say find me on LinkedIn first, um, Emily Ray Shooty. And uh, from there, I'm also on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter as at Emily Writes LLC. And my website is emilywritesllc.com. 
Yeah, and I I love referring people to it. And she gives wonderful tips, as you hear. Uh, she just says very laser way of uh, getting to this complex world of marketing. So, as a in, in the blur and blend, I'm hearing Emily cutting through that blur and blending all the things that uh, came to her before she became marketer with who she is now and her power. And uh, the I like the idea too of the. Uh, referring and making sure your partners are there so that you can blend uh, for new success. Mm -hmm. So um, I thank you for being with us today. I'm excited. and I look forward to working further with Emily and I refer her to anyone uh, and get on her, uh, follow her trail because on her journey, she's a great driver. You might want to hop in and spend some time with her too, as I've done. And I'm uh, looking forward to continuing podcasts. I have uh, more guests coming, and I know they'll be as exciting and, and um, instructive and relational as Emily, uh, and you'll enjoy them. So thank you for listening to Blur and Blend Marketing. And as I'm beginning to say, because Emily is the genius behind my two-minute videos, uh, she got me to do those uh, from the big fair. Uh, see you on the digital road. Have a good day.